0: hey boys and girls it's danny brown with the deal podcast please subscribe and comment anywhere you consume your podcast whether it's spotify or apple or youtube leave us a comment each person that subscribes and leaves a comment helps our ratings and our sponsorship so much and our sponsor speaking of sponsor is the Optimus la Optimus la is at the platform in culver city it's an incredible place to hang out and shop uh, the platform's got all sorts of restaurants and shopping, and the Optimus LA has incredible clothes and lifestyle stuff, handpicked from all over the world. Uh, you don't have to travel the world to shop boutiques, they do it for you. You can go to the Optimist LA or platformla.com, or go to the Optimist in Culver City, tell them Danny Brown sent you for 20% discount. Appreciate it. Today's episode is my man, Kenny Stevens. He's at Compass. He leads a big team of apartment uh, brokers and investment brokers in L.A. They are consistently in the top 200, 300 brokers uh, in the country. They focus on 1031 exchanges and investment portfolios, and we're going to break out into what's going on with COVID. It's been such a strange time for landlords and tenants as the rest of us uh, are, are treading through this. But they've really been in the middle of the epicenter, of it, which is why I try to keep getting people that are dealing in this space. So, school's in session. He's going to break it all down. Hope you enjoyed as much as we did. And please subscribe and leave me a comment so I don't go out of business, bro. Kenny Stevens, welcome to The Deal, my brother. Good to see you. How are you on a cold fall October morning with the wind blowing? Our poor Dodgers should have won last night. That was a home run that Lux hit.
1: Um, Sorry about the Dodgers, though. The, you know... Okay, oh, it, it'll be better next time.
0: But, That's uh, today. That's tonight. We better yeah. win. <laughs> We're yeah, going yeah. home. <laughs> yep,
1: the we'll win. It's a little, it's a little crispy, but it's beautiful and doing well. Thank you very much. um Thanks for having me on yeah. the deal. It's I'm always good to be here. Glad we, I'm glad here
0: with we uh, finally connected on this. So Kenny, for those that don't know, Kenny, he's at Compass. He leads a big apartment uh, brokerage team. They sell a lot of investment properties in LA. And because you do that, and I had on my buddy, Nima, who does the same thing, who you know, I'm curious to hear your take and our, just give us a few bullet points with the emergency order and the rental moratoriums that are going on. I know there's some conflicting and confusing information, but as of now, where are we? October 12th, 2021. Yeah. Where yeah. does that stand?
1: Yeah, so... Um things uh things currently are as follows uh the the statewide eviction moratorium that's been in effect for well over a year is now over expired on september 30th that's the statewide eviction moratorium so Mm -hmm. if you're anywhere other than la county um unless there are other local laws then the eviction moratorium is over which means you can now begin an eviction Um, okay
0: but we are in la county
1: the county of Los Angeles uh, extended the eviction moratorium until January 2022. The city of Los Angeles extended the moratorium until October of 2022.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we have a year in the city of L.A. at the moment before anyone could evict any or even think about evicting anyone.
1: Before you can even think about evicting anyone.
0: Yeah. And is is there... Is, I imagine you could still evict somebody for extreme reasons, other legal issues, but you just can't for not paying rent. Is that what it's about? Or how does that break down? I mean, if someone's doing something illegal or violent or dangerous, I imagine you can do something.
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. but. i don't i'm really i'm I'm really not sure about that i don't think that you i don't think that you can evict somebody even if they're even if they're a public nuisance that you're building i don't think you can evict them and even if you could the queue for evictions is so long that it's going to take a long long long
0: long time okay so i guess that's what i've heard now from a few uh, of my investor friends and clients that that's the case so even if there are are exceptions where you could evict somebody the line is the pipeline is so clogged and so backed up that by the time they get to your file we, who knows how far in the future that's going to be yeah so that's, that's why people
1: aren't, aren't necessarily going the legal route but rather you know if you're a, if you're a landlord and you have a tenant who is a who, who is a nuisance or who you do want to evict for one reason or
0: another landlords are just going to the tenants and trying So cash for keys is happening or they're trying. Landlords are trying to buy people out. that Yeah.
1: Yeah. And was it terrible? I mean, it just, it just rewards bad behavior of a tenant that would normally be an eviction. Right. But right now, you know, it's just, everything's too backed up. The courts are backed up. The sheriffs are backed up. Who's going to, who's going to actually like go out there and, and, you know, lock out the tenant.
0: Like, yeah. And there, there are, I imagine bad actors, tenants taking advantage of this and, uh, you know, not paying rent, even if they're making good money and trying to squeeze landlords to buy them out. I mean, imagine there are people, there's always people that take advantage of these sort of things. Yeah,
1: some, but, but not, not as many as, as, uh, you know, generally we had all feared in this industry at the well, beginning. So, um, no, I, I think that for the most part, you know, it kind of depends on how you feel about people and people and, and, and people's general, uh, you know, makeup but for me, I believe that people are generally good, and people generally do the right thing. And you know what? If you're a, if you're a tenant and you're paying rent, and your your rent hasn't you know your income hasn't been affected, for the most part you're going to keep paying your rent because it's just the right thing to do, and people do the right thing.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, but mankind is isn't so bad after all.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> depends, depends who you talk to.
0: Right, so depends on what day. And to another question along this, and then we'll get into your story. Uh, overall, with your clients and all the clients that you touch, which is quite a bit, uh, I'd say mostly in L.A. County, I would imagine. Yes. Can you give uh, an approximate range of uh, vacancies now, sitting in October, versus maybe the first quarter after COVID a year and a half ago? I imagine that things have changed. You mean,
1: you mean vacancies or do you mean – or do you mean Yeah, non, I mean, non-payment,
0: non-payment? No, I, no I would, I'll say that, non-payment. How many people – what percentage of tenants out of every 100 are not paying rent today, either lower rent or not paying rent today yeah. in October versus yeah. when it first happened a year, year and a half ago in the middle of – I mean I know that's um, it's probably. Yeah, I mean, it
1: was probably a year ago. A year ago that you and I talked. It was over a year ago. It was, pro- it was, it was probably beginning of summer. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was more towards the beginning of COVID, and it was around ten or twelve percent. Right. Of of uh, of collections, and now right now we're running at about six percent or seven percent.
0: Okay, so it's about fifty percent better than it was, and 100%. and now let's talk about pre-COVID when we didn't know about COVID. What was the average of the couple of years before COVID started that people weren't paying rent? Must have been really low.
1: Yeah, collections issues weren't really, you know, talked about. There were vacancy, you know, like what was the vacancy factor? The vacancy factor has been 2% or 3%. It's the same, but collections weren't uh, weren't even a topic because if someone didn't pay. Get evicted. you, You evicted them. Right. So so it really wasn't like uh, it really wasn't a huge issue.
0: All right, so now in your crystal ball, here we are, all these unknowns, we, we imagine it's you can't evict for someone in LA until next October. And who knows if they extend it or reduce it? We don't know. But at some point, this stuff has got to end. At some point, we're gonna move past it. And what does the landscape look like after? back to the way it used to be? Or do you see it being somehow fundamentally changed after this, just in terms of vacancies and being able to evict? And, you know, we've had such a high demand for rental properties, and it's been high demand because there's so many tenants, and then high demand for investors because it's been such a good long-term investment. Uh, Do you see that continuing once we get through this cloudy COVID period?
1: (laughs) Well, let me let me bust out my crystal ball and and yeah, figure I out I see when. something
0: back there that looks pretty pretty good.
1: Yeah, hold on a second. Let me just.
0: Yes, just rub that thing a little bit.
1: <laughs> um, that would. So we don't we don't know when or if uh, this COVID thing is going to end. I, I I anticipate that it's not. It's it's permanently changed the landscape. It's not going away. It's just going to be um you know uh. Less, less heightened for sure. So, so there was there was a there was a move away from from the the city center, and there was a move away from the main metro areas into the suburbs. That's one thing that we saw um, during the last year: moving, you know, people moving from downtown, people moving from the the crowded, more dense uh, areas into the valley. And well, now. I mean, if you're young, if you're, you know, if you're in your 20s or your 30s and you want to, you want to be, you know, around people and you want to be around restaurants and clubs and things like that, you're moving back into the city. So, so we're seeing that. Um, Rents have been going up. Rents have been increasing. Um, Rents are, I would say, back to pre-COVID levels. Wow. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, and part of that has to do, I think, with the moratorium because, because, you, you couldn't evict anybody so there so there were there were less vacancies people weren't giving up yeah. their apartments so it's just supply and demand you have people who want to move in there aren't that many apartments available
0: so it makes it's going up yeah it defies logic but then when you analyze it and break it down like that you're like oh okay yeah there's very few very few opportunities to get an apartment and if someone has got a job and good credit and they're fresh coming into LA or coming into the rental market they have limited places to go, so okay, that makes sense. It also seems, from the outside looking in, and you know, having my hands a little bit in the investor market, that in terms of investment sales of apartments, it doesn't seem to have slowed down. It seems to be still very active. Is, am I wrong about that?
1: Well, it's it's slowed down significantly last year, in twenty twenty. I've been watching every single month. I watch the number the, the number of transactions. You know, my my focus point is anywhere from let's say eight units to eighty units in yeah. in uh, in in the greater metro area. So those are the those are the stats that I watch, and on a monthly basis, that the transaction volume from from you know pre pre COVID to COVID to 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 last year twenty twenty, the transaction volume dropped fifty percent or more. Yeah. So it was down; it was down significantly. But But that's then.
0: That's when it first. That's that's
1: then. That's then. And now I'm seeing that the transaction volume is back to 2019 levels. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And prices are back. And prices and cap rates are back to 2019 levels.
0: Got it. So So still low cap rates, still quite a demand. So investors are the smart money is still chasing apartment deals with low cap rates.
1: We don't know if it's smart money yet, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so-called smart money. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it is. It, yeah, some very, very, very savvy people with some very deep pockets are yeah. still investing in they're Los still, Angeles. They're
0: still looking at that. All right, so let me pivot here, and we'll get off this crazy apartment world, and let's get into your story, Kenny. So you've uh-huh. been in the you've been in the business now what twenty years or so?
1: Twenty plus, yeah.
0: 20 plus years, but who's counting? So tell me, we, let's go back to the beginning. Did you grow up in L.A. area?
1: Born and raised, Los Angeles.
0: Born and raised, where'd you go to school?
1: I'm a Valley guy. so I went went Val.
0: To, I went to El Camino High School. El Camino Real, Val, bro, he's a Val. Los Conquistadores. The Conquistadores, great Although baseball I think, program, they, I think man. now Ooh.
1: that's not politically correct, so I think they may have changed the name to, like, I don't know what. But I, I think they might have changed the name of the school because. And you
0: guys kidding. were a powerhouse of baseball. My boy Ryan McGuire played baseball at El Camino, and he was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, what? I remember,
1: you, I remember trying out and not making the tenth grade baseball teams. Yeah. Could have
0: uh, oh, yeah, Unless you were uh, getting drafted, you probably weren't making that team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it doesn't say too much about about my baseball skills.
0: Uh, so grew up in LA. Then did you get right into real estate or do you have, uh, you know, what did you do before real estate?
1: Um, I went to Cal. So I, so, you know, we had a lot of, uh, Yep, yeah. I went to Cal and I was, I was studying, um, economics and, and I took some classes on, on real estate. And I remember a guy came in to speak to our class. who was a real estate broker and I'm kind of a clothes guy, you know, I like, I like,
0: it was pimped out. So it was so pimped. I was like, Ooh. okay. I All like right. what he's doing. What's he yeah, doing? Whatever he's me what doing, he's...
1: I gotta I gotta look into that. So uh so yeah, that's that's what I, I was always into sales and I was always into, you know, commissions and and you know earning earning money that way. Um so I just figured if I'm gonna sell something, maybe I should sell something big and an apartment building seemed like an appropriate thing.
0: Got it. So, was the apartment building sales that was your first job in real estate? Where it was always apartment sales, or did you try something? No,
1: no. I graduated in nineteen ninety um, yeah. from, from UC Berkeley, and the the uh, market wasn't very good, and it was sure. tough to get to get started in real estate. So, I started in office equipment. Mm-hmm. So, I was I was doing um, like copier sales. I was selling copy machines. Hardcore sales. Hardcore sales. Super yeah, competitive. Yeah.
0: Good training great. ground, though. Biting your teeth great. on a hardcore sales.
1: Oh, great exactly. training ground. I would, I would recruit some people. I would recruit some guys from that field in a second to work with me right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: um, I did that for three years and uh, got some really, really good sales training and some experience. and And then I, I was in marketing for a little bit, and then I was in the, uh, I jumped on the internet train, and I was working for AOL when they were the, when they were the six hundred oh, pound gorilla.
0: Yeah. You've got mail. So you were in AOL in the beginning of the tech explosion in the oh, early yeah. tech, the first wave. Yes. Yes. How cool is that? What was that I mean, like?
1: When everyone in the company was watching their stock tickers like nonstop, like watching their AOL stock go, yeah. sh- sh- you know, yeah. The yeah. receptionist was a multimillionaire.
0: It's oh. like, okay,
1: this is interesting.
0: This is interesting stuff. Yeah. So AOL, and then you ended up in real estate.
1: And then I ended up in real estate. Yes.
0: Got it. So here you are, twenty plus years into the game. You're a real estate investor sales expert. Uh, you know, what are some of the what are some of the fun, interesting stories or deals that you could share? Anything come to mind that through the years it it could be funny, it could be scary, it could be crazy.
1: I mean, the the probably one of the scariest ones was uh was right at the end of right at the beginning of uh, of COVID. I mean, I had, a, I had the biggest deal of my career happening in, uh, it was supposed to close in December, 2019, Okay. but it got delayed and it was, and then the, then the closing date was March,
0: 2020. Oh, oh, oh. and
1: this oh, is a, you know, this is a huge deal and it was, it was obviously a lot of money and everything was coming down the pipe. And 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 I was talking to my one client and his investors, his investors were all over, you know, literally all over the world. And his investors are saying, why are we buying this? Why are we investing? Why are we doing this? And God bless. I said, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Let's move forward. And every single day, every day that it got delayed and all the, and the sellers, of course, the sellers were out because they're like, yeah. "What's going on? Is this guy going to close?" And I was freaking out. It was it was nutty, but we ended up closing.
0: When did it close? After COVID happened, or
1: uh, I think it yeah it closed somewhere around like March fifteenth or March. Well, 19th. Right
0: as it started, really. Start. Do you imagine yeah. if they delayed it another two weeks, you would have been in the middle of it. Um, where, where was this deal? Was this in, in L.A., I assume? It was in L.A. How it was in L.A. Know? It was a
1: prime, prime location, prime, prime location. And it just uh, it just couldn't couldn't it be a better location. And they saw the opportunity. And it's it's a great deal right now. I mean, they're, was they're, it? they're loving the, it.
0: What's the deal? Where can you share that? Uh, over by the Grove. So prime yeah. time. Prime yeah, Grove it was Central. a portfolio. It
1: was a portfolio of four properties and prime like prime Grove location.
0: Yeah. So. Look, you get the question, you know, we all do as real estate agents, hey, well, how's the market? Is it a good time to buy? But you're dealing with investors. So that's all they're thinking about is return, you know, return on investment and risk and this and that. So if I'm a new investor uh, coming into the market, you know, what is sort of the guidance you give? What do you say? You don't have a crystal ball. No one could say. All we can say is, hey, it's 2021 and this is what the market's done in the, in the rearview mirror, we can right. never look through the windshield and see. But what is your advice? If someone's like, you know, I'd like to invest, uh, you know, what is sort of your your sage wisdom that you would tell first-time investors if they're asking you what, what, what they should be thinking about? there's any type of product that you suggest, a certain amount of units to start with, mm-hmm. price points to start with, whatever. Whatever you would s- suggest to somebody who's trying to get in the game.
1: Well, it's tough to it's tough to get in the game in LA if you're trying to buy a property yourself.
0: Um, Good point. You guys know, struggle with that constantly. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, it's, t-
1: it's very it's tough to get in the game. My first, my first investment when I got in, when I got in the game, I started, I started at Marcus and Millichap. My first, my first seven years were at Marcus and Millichap in Encino, mm-hmm. and um, and one of the one of the other brokers there was syndicating syndicating a deal. And so that was my very first apartment investment was I think twelve thousand dollars that I put into this deal.
0: Oh God, you did it young early. Yeah,
1: which was maybe well, I wasn't that young when I started, but you know, it was it was it was right away when I started. And and maybe a year later, a year and a half later, that twelve thousand dollars was, you know, twenty thousand dollars. Like, okay, this is good.
0: Yeah, it's a great um, return, home run so it's return. A good,
1: so it's a really good way to find, you know, if you're if you're coming into the game with $50,000 or $100,000 that you want to invest, you're not gonna be able to buy anything yourself with that kind of money, unfortunately, in Los Angeles. Right. There, that way you can see the returns, you can see how the business works, you're gonna, you know, you can join with somebody right. who does, who, who invests for a living so they find better deals they have access to better deals. They know how to manage properties, and
0: it's just like, you know, you can invest with them, um, awesome. and right. as I do a lot. So let's um, let's unpack that because that's a great uh, that's a great piece of advice. Because you know, for the last 10, 15 years, every time I'm diving into I want to invest in a property in L.A., I get hit with what you just said. The barrier of entry is so high. The amount yeah. of capital. Yeah, is incredibly incredibly high very hard to do so syndication so what does syndication yeah. look like let's talk through sort of dumb it down you know syndication 101 so give me sure. an example I have a hundred thousand dollars I want to invest um, and you tell me I have a, you have a syndication deal what's a right. typical syndication deal in la look like if I have a hundred thousand dollars obviously I'm not buying a building for two or three hundred thousand in la you know right. you're lucky if you get a building for two or three million. But Correct. let's say I have a hundred thousand and I want to go that route. What would sure. that look like? What what could I expect? So so
1: how that works is is like this. If you you have hundred thousand dollars you want to invest, so you you go to someone whose business is syndicating apartments, and most of my clients syndicate. So most of my clients, when they go to buy a six million dollar apartment building, they're not putting three million dollars of their own money in to buy the apartment building. They're raising funds. They're raising funds from friends and family to put uh-huh. together the three million dollars that it. they need to put down to buy the six million dollar apartment building.
0: So they're raising well, the equity from friends. Raising, family, they're raising investors. the
1: equity. So out of that three million dollars that they're raising, your hundred thousand will be part of it. Got it. And out of and so for that you get an uh, you know you get a proportionate share of the of the profits and a proportionate share of the cash flow, and the syndicator, the person who's putting together the syndication. He takes he or she takes a percentage off the top, so they get you know after the investors are paid out of the profit, that syndicator may take twenty percent or twenty five percent or thirty percent.
0: All right, so I wanted there's, there's so many things to unpack as we go through this. So yep. let's keep it simple. You it's a you're raising three million and everyone's putting in a hundred, so it's thirty people did that. Now there is our a preferred. Uh, preferred. I won't say guaranteed uh, rate of return. And if so, for nine hundred thousand, what is the what is the average range for that for this type of size deal?
1: Um, every every deal is different, and every syndicator is different. Sure. So I would say on average, or or Just give or me an example. Or, yeah, give me an example. Of what it could look like. They'll they'll tell you. Typically, they'll tell you. Give me the hundred thousand dollars. I'll give you six percent return. Okay. And,
0: and does that get paid quarterly or does that get paid annually or does it get paid only when they sell the building like a lump sum at the end
1: no gen generally your payments are quarterly
0: okay
1: and and if there's cash flow from the building if there's cash flow coming in then
0: you get a then you get a, certain, a percentage of that cash flow a certain percent of that.
1: yeah so depending on how much of the of the three million dollars you put in that's how much of the cash flow you get
0: Really? So if you put in 300000 just to keep it easy, of the 3000000 and million, you, you're 10%. In theory, you would get 10% of the cash flow income?
1: In theory, 10% of the cash flow income. But the, the cash flow income may be, may be a 2% or a 3% return on the total investment. And you're yeah. getting 10% of the 2%. Of the,
0: right. Correct. Yeah. Of the net profit. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. And then I know, again, it's different in every deal. So now I'm getting my 6%. I'm $6,000 a year quarterly. And yeah. now, you know, what would be a, a typical timeline where uh, an event would happen, like where they would refi or sell the building? Three years, five years, 10 years? I mean, I know it's different. But what would happen at, let's say now it's five years later, yeah. and this $6 million building is now worth 10000000 million, let's say. Mm-hmm. And now they're selling it. So what happens to my hundred thousand dollar investment my percent is i get a percentage of the yeah, sale? this is
1: this is a this is a, a a not this is not an unrealistic example so you know that the six million dollar building five years later is now worth 10 million right well what happens a lot is that they'll is they won't okay. sell the building they will they'll refinance the building Okay. So now so now they'll do a cash out refinance and instead of that $3 million loan that they had before, now they're going to have a $6 million loan. So you do, so they they're basically getting back $3 million from the bank. So now there's an additional debt, but there's $3 million of liquidity there. So right. that means that everyone who put in the money gets a gets a big check.
0: So what, when you say gets a big check, get you get made whole or just depends how much you get
1: The generally speaking, the investors made whole, the investors are made whole. And then after the investors are made whole, that's when the that's when the syndicator or the sponsor gets paid. Got it. Got it.
0: So that's more. And then you stay in that investment. Uh, And then
1: you stay in that investment because you still have the property. So you got you got back. Let's say you got back sixty thousand dollars out of your out of your hundred thousand. So now you're only in it for 40. So you got 40,000 in it you're still you still own the property or you're you still own your piece of the property so you're getting uh, a little bit of uh, cash flow every so I single still month.
0: keep my i still get my six percent
1: no or is it change no that that's that's generally for for a short period of time okay. until until some some event happens
0: and then after that you just own a little piece percentage of the building if a next event happens yeah well that's pretty pretty interesting stuff i think that's what um, a lot of people don't understand that syndication right. is really the way in, the, you know, to get over the barrier of entry issue. That's really, really great that you can break it down like that. And I know there's a million varieties and exceptions and numbers, but that's that's sort of that's how one basic one could look. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and, it, and you and you get to learn as someone who's just breaking into the business. You get to learn. You get to you, you're going to get a report every month or every quarter. Yeah, that shows how the building operates. You're going to sh- you're going to get a report that that says this is what's happened with the building this month you know this is what happened to rent and you know so if you're if you're in with a good syndicator which is the key
0: yeah all right love it well any other good advice you have for like maybe having a new broker coming into the business that wants to sell apartments what would your advice be to them what they should do hey i'm a new broker i just got my license i want to get in the apartment game what do you say they do? What do they? Th- what's the mindset they need to have? And what do you? What sort of situation should they be looking for? Do they look to join a team? Do they look to try to go out on their own? Well, they assume, assuming they don't have their own family portfolio to sell.
1: Yeah. No. Definitely. They definitely should not be going out on their own. I mean, any. This. Uh, this is a business that traditionally has been a mentor-mentee business. Yeah. um It's very long-term. So if you go into this, if you go into any. If you go into this business with a short-term mentality, you're going to fail. Period. And the thing is that most people think that they have a long-term mentality, but when they're 20, 25 years old, they don't. Right. So, so it's really, really, really a difficult business, and you have to be capitalized. Because I tell every, I tell new brokers, you could go for a year making no money. Be yeah. prepared for that.
0: Yeah, that's why I tell new brokers coming into the residential side, you easily go a year, and it can be sure. two or three years with very chop or longer five years of choppy income. It's not right, Right.
1: And they, and they, no matter what they say, they can't really conceptualize working their butt off for, you know, for 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, making calls, getting shut down call after call after call. They can't really conceptualize what that's like to do that for a year without making any money.
0: Yeah let alone two, three, four years. And there's no guarantee that there's a pot of gold. I mean, there'll plenty of people get out of the business too, because they don't make it.
1: Yeah. Most people get out of the business. Once you, once you get over the five year hump, you're, you know,
0: not really a rookie.
1: <laughs> I, ideally you somewhat know what you're doing at that point. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, that's why that's, that's a, that's a great, you know, point you bring up because that's why a lot of the guys that have been around for a long time and have the experience like me, like Nima, who you had on the other day, like when, when times are any, anyone who's looking to sell a property is going to, is going to want to work with someone who's had the experience, who knows what they're doing, who knows who's, who's been through so many deals that they know how to work their way around it and get a deal closed. So these times are really hard for someone new coming into the business, harder than, harder than, you know, your your normal times.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's really the advice I I would give to anyone getting into real estate and probably any competitive industry. It's like you gotta be prepared, mentally prepared to put in the hours, long, intense hours, with no guarantee of upside. But your mindset every day has to be just learn learn as hard as much as you can, go as hard as you can, meet as many people as you can and and Mm -hmm. just manage the expectations. This isn't a get rich quick business in any uh, form or any imagination, it takes a long time. And even five years after five years of really grinding, you're just, you're just graduating from rookie status and just starting to maybe have an idea of what you're doing. Right. And you know, that, that's really a big thing. I think people need to understand that. And I I appreciate you being straightforward and honest. That's what I try to tell people when they ask me, I'm like, it's not easy. You got to be prepared if you want to get it and, and break through in this industry.
1: Yeah, and if you're a good, if you're a good agent, a good rookie agent, and you do three or four deals your first year, and, you know, three or four or five deals your second year, and maybe, you know, six deals your third, like, it's not a lot of deals when you look at it, you know, you're 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 three years in, and you've done 15 deals, right, like, how much, how much would you trust that guy to give him your asset that's worth $10 million when he's done a total of 15 right. deals in his entire career?
0: Right. And you think about after hundreds and hundreds of transactions and years there's so many nuances of deals and there's so many potholes and there's so many curveballs and split fingers and like yeah in three four five years some people even 10 years have done 15 20 like it's not a lot of experience to know when you're going to battle and going to war that your general has seen it all and done it all and i'm sure you feel like me 20 years in the game I still learn stuff. I'm still into deals and there's complications and things and and a bump that like, wow, I never saw that coming. And I, you know, I feel like I'm as prepared as you can be. And then there's still new stuff coming at you. So yeah, there's always something. There's always something, which makes it stimulating and fun and and all that. And, you know, that's, that's the upside of, all right, well, look, anything else you want to share with us? Anything, uh, anything about the market, anything about uh, real estate? anything about your handsome face and the Billy Idol hair you want to tell us but i know it's tuesday i got to get get out there on brokers open you do too i don't know if you need to actually
1: no do- no brokers no brokers open for me but you know i got a lot of people to call a lot of things to do i'm but, sure <laughs> um you know kennystevensteam.com that's that's what i got for you all right kenny stevens you're the man and, so- uh, yeah man it's it's is it's always it's always Los Angeles the weather you know the weather's always going to be here and there's always a reason you know the entertainment industry's here but it's just there's there's not going to be a a shortage of people wanting to move to
0: LA and they're so, not they're not uh growing more land there's no more land people keep coming and there's no more land so it's yeah, always been place people yeah. want to live and invest people in. well,
1: are people are leaving too you know a lot of people are leaving but but a lot of people are coming here and if you're places. if you're in chicago if you're in new york if you're in you know other places back east there's uh there's a lot of draw for los angeles right
0: on go la go dodgers kenny stevens i appreciate you thank you for sharing a little time i know you probably got a 10 listing appointments to go on but thanks my man i appreciate it and uh, we'll we'll catch up soon in the office Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Good job. Good to see you, brother. Thanks, man. Have a good day.
1: You know what? You only got one life. That's what